everybody. Welcome to a special writer-free episode of Literary Disco. We've gotten rid of him. We've decided, you know, a couple things. And Julia, back me up if you agree on this. Um, I don't like the ranting. No. Too much um, ranting. I don't like the hair. Oh. The hair is a, is a problem. Um, I don't like the beauty. Uh, I don't like his beauty. I don't like his child's beauty. I don't nope. like his wife's beauty. They're too pretty. No. And his kid is too cute. <laughs> Ryder is actually off on vacation this week, and I'm about to go on vacation. It's July 4th, and uh, Julia and I decided, well, we can't let you people go out into the world in the holiday season of summertime without something to sit in your car with while you're sitting stuck on a bridge somewhere. Yeah. Um, so we thought we'd talk a little bit about summer reading, um, books you read in the summer, and what we're planning to read for the summer, um, and about the nature of, of summer books. But it's been, before that, it's been sort of a crazy week, so... Uh, Julia wrote an, an essay that was in the Hartford Current, which is the major metropolitan newspaper for the greater uh, Hartford area, I guess. It's actually the oh. nation's oldest continuously published newspaper. It's a big deal paper. Really? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Oh, okay. That is interesting. Hartford's old. Uh, so Julia, Real old. Hartford, <laughs> Hartford's super old. I've been doing some research into Hartford lately. Because um, I'm thinking about moving there. We're thinking about getting a little place next to Julia and Greg. I would be um, so happy. So Julia wrote this essay about her love for the city of Hartford. It came out on her birthday, interestingly enough, uh, and sort of a kickoff to summer because it, you know, it's about activism and, and using your city for good. And what better time to use a city in the frozen northern quarter of the United States than in the summertime? Um, and then Julia inexplicably decided to go ahead and read the comments and comment back. Could you, could you talk to us a little bit about that pathology? Okay. 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 First of all, no one should ever read the comments. We all know this just in general, even if you haven't written the piece, don't read the comments. Um, however, (laughs) in Connecticut, the Hartford current comments, which is a tragedy because it's this historic newspaper are notoriously completely insane. So, I mean, like, seriously, notoriously insane. So, when I saw the piece had come out, I was like, oh, I gotta read the comments. Because I just... Never read the comments. I couldn't help myself. But I also also knew that everyone reads the comments to see how insane they are. So, I felt like it could give me a little additional uh, room to kind of explain myself and explain my life. Because it's a personal, um, it's a personal essay, so of course the attacks are personal and also just made up. So uh, people are telling right. lies about me, so I wanted to correct them. But I have to so say, so you are you are not a quote unquote burlesque dancer, correct? Not a burlesque dancer. I have friends who are though. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I'm a big believer in burlesque. But yeah, I mean, people said things like, you know. You'll change your mind when you pay taxes, or you'll change your mind when you have children, or things like that. Uh, or, like, there's no way you could possibly love this city and own a house, which I happen to do. So, you know, just making some clarifying points that, uh, <laughs> you know, I know what I'm never, fucking talking about. <laughs> never read the comments. Never leave a clarifying point. 
I wrote an article once for um, for Salon about my my sort of great love, but paradoxically tremendous hatred for Do They Know It's Christmas, oh. um, where I annotated the song line by line about you know how fucked up the song is, and it was just a funny little thing that I wrote in like you know twelve minutes or something, and I was like. 200 comments calling me a, a, the worst person on earth and what do I know about the holidays and you know I'm dumb and I don't know anything about geopolitics or the British new wave movement I'm like I just I just literally wrote a just a tiny little thing <laughs> about a pop song well yeah I mean I basically know that I'm playing with fire and I'll never do it again or at least I'm telling myself I'll never do it again but I don't regret it I got I actually got a lot of positive feedback on my replies to the comments um, but I'm never doing it again I know you're right no. yeah. and and, and now how your, many when listeners your book comes out yeah of course yeah how many listeners are now going to go find my article and read the comments I bet a lot well <laughs> a lot. Well, well, we'll put the article up. Actually, the article is up on our Facebook page. Um, so if you want to read the article, it's it's on our Facebook page. It's um, it's right there underneath this current post um, by the time you, uh, you get on there. Um, the other weird thing that happened, just this just happened just last night. And then I swear we're going to get to talking about books. So here's the thing. And I think you can agree, Julie. I, I'm a lover of lost things. Mm-hmm. Animals. Souls. Um, Souls, candy. I'll eat other people's candy. Ghosts trapped um, in time. Ghosts trapped in time. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, anything like that. So last night, it was July 4th, and my wife and I walked out of our house. So we live in this big uh, gated community. So there's like 500 houses in here. And on July 4th, it's like Fallujah out here. People are just they're attacking with mortar fire. It's like Fallujah versus Beirut in 1983 on our street. It's just, just, I don't know where people get these fireworks, but it's like there's scud missiles they're shooting off. Oh, yeah. We have that, too. Anyway, so we walk outside, and we have uh, neighbors who are uh, Canadian, I think, and they only come and they visit, like, twice a year. Um, and I try not to make eye contact with them because that them, you know, we'll have to help them do stuff when they're out of town, water their plants or something. So I try to... I try not to engage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Wendy always says hello. Um, and so we walked outside, and Wendy said hello, and the neighbors had a little dog in their arms. And our neighbors from Canada are like, oh, you have to take this dog. It ran into our yard. You're dog people, and we're not. And they just sort of handed us this little dog. Oh, boy. And uh, my first thought was, well, yeah, I'm going to take care of this dog. My second thought was, and then if he shits in the yard, I'm going to throw it into your yard because you're terrible people. Why wouldn't you take care of this poor little lost dog? So at any rate, we took in a lost dog last night. I spent all night searching for his owners, hashtagging everything found dog. He was a little like chihuahua mini pincher. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, he's got scabies. Probably he's probably going to give me some sort of disease. But all that being said, we had him sleep in our bed with us, and we took <laughs> our own actual dog. That's a huge leap. We took our own actual dog. Uh, I know. <laughs> we took our dog to Wendy's mom's house and left her there, and like we're taking care of this dog all night. And and I'm like, oh god, you know, we're we're leaving on vacation on Monday. What's going to happen to this dog? And like I was setting up this 
whole labyrinth of things of, of care for this dog. And it turns out the dog lived about a block away. <laughs> yep. And uh, we found the owners. I posted something online and the owners found it. And um, he was a, an, a, I think, an Iraq vet's PTSD dog um, that he had been given. Uh, so that was cool. So I've had a very emotional night. Um, and I'm ready for vacation now. I'm ready to, uh, to save myself now that I've saved America. Well, isn't it? ironic that the very impulse you have to avoid your neighbors if you had avoided that impulse you probably would have known this guy and his dog and you could have just returned it in two seconds i know think about that i know i do think about that but my impulse to avoid my neighbors is a deep one like i i wendy always says hello and i'm always just like i'm gonna keep my eyes down like 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 i don't make eye contact like that's my thing even though, as I think the listeners know, and you know for sure, Julia, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a social creature. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just did not, I just don't, don't want to engage with these people. Um, and here's the other reason why. Last time we engaged with neighbors were these crazy people who lived next door to us uh, at our old house. And they went out of town for uh, a month and asked us to feed their birds and we thought like they had like a bird in a cage, but no, what they had was these giant, like <laughs> I swear to God, like ten feet tall industrial bird feeders in their yard, where Wendy had to climb a ladder, oh my God. and then pour from like a thirty-pound bag of seed into this thing. So we did all that, and like we were taking care of this giant bird sanctuary they had in their backyard. Oh my God! And then. And then a pipe busted and their entire house flooded. And so then we had to, like, coordinate the people to come take care of their house. All this happens. We do all this stuff. And when these people return, they don't thank us for any of that stuff. Instead, the woman accuses us of stealing a diamond ring from her house. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) I wouldn't talk to my neighbors either. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then they um, they found the diamond ring a few days later in their safe where they had left it, <laughs> and um, <laughs> to apologize, they came over and gave us uh, five dollar gift certificates to a local bar. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about books because that's really <laughs> depressing. <laughs> let's talk about books. So summer books. Um, so I don't know about you, Julia, but I typically, like when I go on vacation, mm-hmm. I usually take like five books with me oh my God, so that me I can too. have a couple different ones to choose from. Um, and it used to be when I was a kid, like I would read, you know, I, I would always read like a John Grisham book, um, something where I could turn my brain off and just, you know, not even think about stuff. But as I've gotten older, I've, I've stopped reading as much fluffy stuff. Uh, when I go on vacation and I save vacation for the stuff that I, I've been putting off, like big books. Yes. Um, or books by my friends I haven't read yet or whatever it might be. Um, but, like, when I'm on vacation, I'll read, like, a book a day. And I'll, it, and it's not like I'm not doing other stuff. It's not like I'm going on vacation and not speaking to anyone. But, like, I'll be out by the pool or at the ocean or whatever, and I'll just devour a book. And it's, like, my favorite absolute thing. And I plan my 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 book bringing um and that's like i've always i've always done that um but it's weird you know i I think everyone's got weird little traditions i know that your family has a tradition of 
one book that gets passed around at, when you guys go on vacation? Yeah, I mean, well, it always happens. It's not uh, planned. It's just something that has been noticed. Uh, so what happens is we all just take each other's books. So when I'm pass- packing my books, and I've talked about this before, and I always bring way too many books, um, I usually end up bringing books that, A, I know my family members will like, and, B, bringing a decoy uh, so oh, that yeah. they will take it <laughs> so I can read what I want to read. Um, but I always pack... <laughs> Which is so fucked up. I mean, but that you're, that you're basically triple conning your family so that you can actually have what you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's therapy for that sort of stuff. You know, the pastels don't, don't have to treat you like that. Uh, you know, it's okay. It's, you can't yell at someone for wanting to read a really good book. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Um, But I always try to bring really big books, too. And that's... Because when else do you have the time to, like, knock out 200 or 300 pages a day? I mean, the average person doesn't. So if my feeling now is if you want to read, like, Bleak House or whatever, summer, and especially the beach, is, like, the time to do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about reading The Goldfinch this summer. Oh, yeah, Um, that's a great summer book. But it's, it's so big. It's, it's, I mean, it's just, like, the actual weight of it, I was, I was trying to think of, like, okay, I'm, I'm out by the pool, do I want that 900-pound book slicing my nipples off, as, as we've talked about, it's a problem with me. Yeah. Um. You do. You do. Because when else are you going to read it? And, well, I mean, you have a pool by your house, too, so. I do. I do. But when we go on vacation, we go to the pool more than we do when we're at home, because when we're at home, we're at home, and we're like, eh, you know. Yeah. Don't want typhus from the little kid that was swimming in our pool. Um, typhus is always a concern around these parts because we live in 17th century England. Um, but, you know, th- the books I remember, like as a kid, I remember the summer that everyone read The Firm. Um, and, like, we, like the twist in The Firm that it was a, a mob uh, controlled law firm like i remember talking to my sister and my brother about that being like oh my god this is crazy and then he goes to the islands with it so there was the summer of the firm then there was the summer of presumed innocent um where everyone was reading that and the great twist at the end of presumed innocent where it turns out that it was and if you haven't read presumed innocent and you're about to spoiler alert where it turns out that the wife had killed rusty savage's lover and then he covers for her it seems like a lot of the books that um, like were the big summer books in the Goldberg family when we'd go on vacation were these big crime conspiracy thrillers, which probably makes some sense in light of my <laughs> present career as a crime writer. Um, but like we, we would go up to uh, to Loon Lake, Washington every year for two weeks, and it's, um, it's a lake about 30 minutes outside of Spokane, Washington, and the whole family would go. So... Me and all my siblings, my aunts and uncles, uh, all the cousins, and we would rent um, like five cabins and we would all go there and my Nana would cook for everyone every day. It sounds like a horrible thing for my grandmother in retrospect. And now she's dead. Um, But like we'd fish in the day and we'd fish at night and in the afternoon we'd all be sitting on cots and chase lounges, all of us just sitting around and and reading these books. but, I mean, that was that was like my favorite part was the 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 sitting around and getting sunburnt reading books at Loon Lake. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that 
I mean, in my family, this is always pretty much acceptable, but especially in the summer, it's like, oh, don't bother her. She's reading is such an amazing, you know, thing. And the book that, so I just had my first beach day, and I'm more of an ocean person than a pool person at this point. Although I am from New Jersey, so I did spend entire summers lying by the public pool. But uh, <laughs> right now, you could be married to the situation if things had gone just a little bit differently. <laughs> yeah, a lot would have had to go differently, but it's definitely possible. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, so my first beach day, I, like walk on the beach. Uh, this is Friday, and I'm meeting up with some friends and some friends of friends. And this girl that I don't even know is sitting there reading a battered copy of Judy Bloom's Summer Sisters, which. To me and to a lot of other people, it's the ultimate summer book. Well, I mean, obviously it has it in the title, but it's just about two girls who grow up on Martha's Vineyard together, and they're like friends for the summer, and it's like their whole lives. And it turns out it's really, really smutty. Um, but oh, do they? Is there a? I they... forget if they hook up, but they definitely like sleep with each other's boyfriends and husbands and and whatever. Um, oh, yeah, add that to the list. Yeah. And I, I looked at this girl, and she was reading it for obviously like the hundredth time. And I was just like, oh, man, <laughs> I've read this a hundred times. And I just feel like that's the ultimate, like, kickstarting your summer book. Right. But then, and I mentioned this to you before we started recording, you know, I really associate summer beach reading with these books I had to read for school, which some of which were just absolutely monstrous. So... And the the most notable one was my summer before my senior year of high school. I had to read Anna Karenina, and I read <laughs> I read it in Maine on the beach. I read all of Anna Karenina, and the most depressing beach vacation ever. <laughs> yeah, well, and my dad had spoiled it, which I will not do because it's a lot of work to put in. But <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I which part did he spoil? <laughs> he spoiled. I can't. I don't even want to imply what happens. All right, but don't tell me. He, don't he tell spoiled me. like the most spoilable thing, and I ha- I was on like page two of probably like a nine hundred page Russian novel, <laughs> and my first Russian novel that I ever read. So it was like all these names and so many characters, and Anna Karenina doesn't even show up for the first hundred pages, which I believe right. is what prompted the spoiler. I'm like, why is this called this? And then he did this deep character analysis. Um, Thanks, Dad. Yeah. But, yeah. Now now having an absent father really seems like a better way to go. My dad (laughs) didn't read any books. No spoilers in anything. (laughs) I didn't learn how to shave. I didn't learn about sex. I didn't learn shit about books. Nothing. But, yeah. So, I associate the beach with, like, cold Russian winters. So, I will often read something totally horrible. I read uh, this one summer. I think I've talked about this before, but... We everyone in my family read Helter Skelter during a week long oh, vacation, right. and and you can read Helter Skelter in like a really solid day or day and a half. It's not super long, but it is so messed up. So every day at the beach, we'd just be like talking about stabbings and Sharon Tate and like all this horrible stuff. And I'm sure people would walk by our like beach umbrella and take a wide route around because <laughs> it was dark. I also read Columbine on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, I read um, I read the things they carried uh, in Hawaii on the beach, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like 
straight through, like, in two days, I read the things they carried. And then, like, all week long, you know, I, I, this is, I think this was, um, this was, this was not our honeymoon. This was the year after honeymoon. We went back to Hawaii. And I read it then. And, like, we'd be walking on the beach, and I'd be saying to Wendy, you know, it wasn't just that they carried the gun or the rations, <laughs> but, you know, they carried the guilt. And so it's this extended metaphor for the weight of war. And then, you know, there's, okay, so there's a man he killed, right? And, but you don't even know if it's a true war story because there's this other story. I, I mean, and then Lavender dies, but then Lavender's back in the book. And I, I, Wendy was just looking like I was on fucking crack. And I, I, I specifically remember we were at a luau, of all things. A luau that gave us a horrible stomach flu, as I recall. Uh. But we were sitting there, and the people at the table, there was a guy who was, you know, like 35 years older than me. And uh, he was talking to me, and um, I was I was like, uh, so did uh, so did you serve? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was, in, I was in Vietnam. And I'm like, I'm reading The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. I'm really getting a new understanding of the combat soldier in Vietnam. <laughs> and the guy was just like, I'm at a fucking luau, son. <laughs> Tell me about what you carried. What did you carry? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about being in the shit. <laughs> I was like, oh right, yeah, we're, we're at a luau. We're gonna, we're gonna eat this pig that they've been cooking in the sand for nine hours, and I'm going to have explosive concussive diarrhea. Well, um, that not your intestinal <laughs> issues, but uh, that brings me to what I am reading right now, what I was reading on the beach the other day, because it's. It could be my most depressing beach read ever, um, okay. and not because it's a Russian novel, but because it's nonfiction. I am reading. It's really good. The sink, the sixth extinction. Um, it just won the Pulitzer for nonfiction, and it's all about how uh, it's nonfiction. So it's about how we're killing every single thing on the planet and how we are making things go extinct. So it's incredibly depressing to be sitting in nature. Just enjoying, you know, the beach, the dunes, whatever, and then knowing we're killing everything, and this is all temporary. It's it's really sad. I, re- I remember, Julia, one of the first things you ever said to me. Do you Uh-oh. remember what I'm about to tell you? No. I actually don't <laughs> we, remember meeting you at all. <laughs> I was eating a banana, and you oh, yeah. said, bananas as we know them are doomed. <laughs> but you had known that. That's how we bonded. Yes, yes. Yeah, whatever happened to that guy in his banana book? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. But, I mean, I had a banana this morning at breakfast, so... So far, so good. It's a slow, it's a slow crawl to doom. Yeah, well, everybody, I'm there's challenging no... challenging you. Wait, we have, to, we have to figure this out, okay, before we move forward. Right. I just want everyone to okay. know our annual public service announcement that bananas, <laughs> as they are, are farmed now, are not genetically diverse at all. They're genetically identical, and there is, like, a fungus or something terrible ripping right. through them. There's something. And they're doomed, and we're all going to have to start eating plantains. So just prepare yourself. I mean, and I like plantains. I got, I got no beef with the plantain people. Well, I don't want to start a panic, but... <laughs> well, I, I'm reading an equally depressing book uh, this summer. It, so I, I like to read at least one interesting nonfiction book and then some novels on vacation and so my nonfiction book is the spiral notebook the aurora theater shooter and the epidemic of mass violence <laughs> committed by american <laughs> youth 
<laughs> yeah. It's awful. By Stephen Singular and Joyce Singular. Um, it's a... Uh, you got a star review in Booklist and a star review in Kirkus, and it looks at the, uh, you know, the trend of disaffected school shooters, I which will... I am absolutely fascinated by, of course. Me too. And um, I feel that's a creative summer reading pick because... I was, when that Aurora Batman shooting happened, I was really affronted by that. I mean, obviously, all of these incidents are absolutely abhorrent. But violating the sacred movie theater space, especially in a summer air conditioning, busy blockbuster, I really thought that would have way more of an impact on people's enjoyment of the movies and everything. But it didn't, which just kind of speaks to the power of a... Entertainment consumerism, but that was yeah. really horrible on a, on a level that I felt like we as a culture had not yet experienced. Yeah, and that's why I'm interested to read this book. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. But the other thing is that um, you know the thing with with these mass shootings and um, and the way they overtake culture is that we've actually done a pretty good job, at least in my view, of disregarding the killers anymore like i can't remember this guy's name the yeah. shooter um at aurora i can't remember the name of the kid who shot up virginia tech um i mean i remember the names of the the two guys that, that shot up columbine obviously because i read that book pretty extensively and their names are everywhere um and maybe we'll forget the name of the guy who shot up the black church recently i don't know but like when I opened up this book, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's his name." But it, like even right now, I can't remember his name, um, which I think is a a good thing as it relates to the um, the notoriety some of these folks want. Now I don't, I don't, and this is the thing that I'm interested in finding out in this book is I don't know if actually these kids want notoriety when they do these things. I think they just want to kill. So I'm sort of interested to see if that's something that they go into the the psychology of. Um, of why they do it, if they want some element of fame, or if they just are, you know, crazy serial killers or spree killers, as it were. So anyway, that that's my big uh, nonfiction book. What's your um, fiction? I got my fiction is a great new book that I already started, but I stopped reading so that I could read it on vacation because I have to interview this person in real life, and that is, I'm going to hold it up for Julia. All this life by Joshua Moore. Sweet cover. Um, it's a great cover. Um, and if you don't know Joshua Moore, he wrote uh, the book Damascus, which um, is a fantastic uh, novel. Um, and he also um, wrote Some Things That Meant the World to Me um, and Termite Parade. Uh, so, and he's a, he's a friend of mine also. So, you know, this is, it comes with a little bit of bias, but I think he is, he's, he's been one of these writers that I think is sort of a cult writer where he's got this fan base of rabid people that love him. But this is the book that's really going to um, to break him out. Um, so I'm looking forward to reading um, to reading this. Um, it has to do with the internet culture as well um, and a small town. Um, and then I'm also reading um, another book by a friend of mine, uh, Dragonfish by Vu Tran, um, which if any of you happen to be fans of my book Gangsterland, um, Dragonfish is a short story that was also in the Las Vegas Noir Anthology where my short story Mitzvah, which uh, Gangsterland was based on, was in. Um, so I've been waiting for this book for about four or five years. It's a crime novel that takes place in Las Vegas 
Vu Trian is a, an amazing writer. He's a Vietnamese American, um, and it's about the Vietnamese American crime uh, world in Las Vegas, which is pretty dark and thrilling. So those are the two books I'm reading poolside uh, in Sedona this coming week, along with the book about the school shooters. A couple more I have on my stack are um, I'm in the I'm sure I'll talk about this later because I'm so into it. So I was really into Dan Carlin's Hardcore History World War One series of podcasts, and then I realized, like with horror, that I don't know anything about Rasputin. These are the things that upset me, you guys. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, know enough about, about Rasputin. Rasputin. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't. I think all I know about Rasputin I know from Hellboy. <laughs> like that's probably it. not accurate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I like I like Greg. Greg, I was like, Greg, what do you know about Rasputin? And he told me like all these things that even he knows, and I don't know. And I was like, okay. So I'm reading um, Nicholas and Alexandra, which is a history of the Russian Revolution, and it's really, really, really good. I mean, it reads basically like a soap opera. It's really interesting. So I'm sure I'll talk about that in a future episode. And also, um, our friends over at Books on the Nightstand gave me a book that Random House is all really excited about. Um, called A Little Life by Hana Yanagahara, um, and I'm, I'm it sorry, looks really I'm, good. How, how do you say her name? I believe it is Hana Yanagahara. How uh, many times did you practice that before you just said it? When they <laughs> recommended it to me, they said it like a hundred times in a row, so it imprinted Hana in my brain. Hana Yanagahara? I think so. Uh, What's it called? A Little Life, and it looks really depressing life. and tragic and Fiction. It's like about four boys who are friends in boarding school or whatever. Just the kind of... Oh, yeah. And it's got a great cover. It's Hana Yanagahara, right? Yeah, it is correct. Wow, I got it. Huh. Uh, but yeah, they. I mean, they were recommending this to me like crazy, like, like people on drugs. They were so excited about it. <laughs> I haven't... I've only read like the first paragraph, but I'm, I'm saving that. I'm saving that for a long... Uh, Beach oh my god, down. this book is this book is seven hundred and thirty six pages long. Yes. That's why I've been Jesus Christ. It. Oh my god, a little life actually sounds like a bit of a misnomer here. My gosh. Yeah. So are are you gonna read um the Harper Lee book? Oh yeah, of course I'll read it. But I reserve the right not to like it. When is it coming out? It comes out I think it comes out in two weeks. Hold on, let's see here. Um but, oh my god. But you can't like you can't diss Harper Lee. Like that's that's like that's No, like, you can't. It's like kicking a puppy. You know, if you say, "Oh, I don't like Harper Lee's if I don't I don't like this book that she wrote when she was 19 or whatever." Yeah, that's just you're just a bad person if that's what you say. Um, it's currently Are you ranked saying I'm number, a bad person. I am saying you're a bad person. It's currently the number 2 best-selling book <laughs> in the world according to Amazon. Um yeah, it comes out July fourteenth, so uh, very soon. I, I'm gonna, I, I will buy it the day it comes out and read it because um, I have to know. Like I, I just, I have to know. Yeah. And let's be real. I'll what, probably love if it's, it. We all know I'll probably love it. If it sucks, though, do we lie and say it sucks, or lie and say it was good? I think a lot of people will be too critical. Um, I. I don't know. It's hard. It's like, do you read it without... Do you put it in the context of To Kill a Mockingbird, which is one of the greatest masterpieces of literature of all time, or do you just try to read it clean? I mean, I don't think that's even possible. 
I don't know. This right. sounds like maybe we have to read it for an episode. Let's do it. Let's. I think struggle. we're gonna have to read it for an episode. Yeah, maybe we can get yeah. Harper Lee on. Yeah, you work on that. <laughs> I will. I will talk to my people and see if we can get good old Harper Lee on. Wouldn't it be awesome if we sent in a request and like, hey, we do a podcast and we like to have Harper Lee on, and they're like, yeah, sure. We'll send Harper right over. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's great on the Google Hangouts. I'd like to see uh, Ryder if he didn't like the book. So we're gonna talk about Ryder now since he's not here. He'd wait till Harper Lee got off and he'd be like, you know, guys, really, I, I don't know, man. I wasn't impressed. <laughs> oh, well, on that note, oh. we hope Ryder's having a great vacation. And Todd, you're going to have to report back. So let us know what you're reading this summer. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I will report back from... Uh, we had two people tweet us uh, uh, about this subject. I'm going to read them. Laura Dakota says she recommends right. Range of Motion by Elizabeth Berg. Read while lolling on a dock on a Minnesota lake. So oh. those are very specific instructions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, Catherine Mayer recommends, of course, Stephen King's It, which she spent the summer between 7th and 8th grade reading. Oh, man. I, uh, I read that one so summer. That's a great one. I still have my copy that, yeah. I, that I read. It, was, it had belonged to my grandfather, my Papa Sai, and he gave it to me. And uh, I read it for like, it took me like a month to read that book because it's 1,100 pages long. And uh, that solidified my, uh, my profound fear of clowns and of small towns in, um, in Maine <laughs> that I never intend to visit. Good. Ever, well, that's where I ever, vacation. Ever. <laughs> small towns in Maine? I spend every summer in small towns in Maine, so. <laughs> Looking for clowns? I'm braver than uh, you. So let us know what you're reading, people. Uh, go ahead and tweet us or put it up on our Facebook. We want to know what your summer reading lists are. Um, and then we're going to be back very soon with a brand new All Your Stars episode where we read, um, and God, people, we read Animorphs. Um, and, oh, Julia, Animorphs. I know. Oh, I know. Man. We can't talk wow. about it yet. I, we can't the talk about invasion. it yet, but you people... You people selected Animorphs for the three of us to read, and um, there is a bill to be paid. There is a bill to be paid. Uh, so come back in uh, two weeks when we'll be up with Animorphs. Thanks to uh, Tucker for producing us. Check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Send me hate mail um, at my own Twitter account and to Julia's. Well, I just want to say that if you guys have hate mail about Todd, you can send it to me. I'd like that. <laughs> Put it in the comments. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.